We welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. John chapter 6 and verse 24, and we'll read this morning verses 24 through 40. We'll look at portions of this entire chapter um, as we go through it, but I think there's more on the table for us than what we can consume in one setting, and so we'll ask God to guide us in that and speak to us uh, on this theme that I believe he's led me to this morning. John chapter 6 and verse 24, when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum, seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him in whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father which giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him, may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. I want you to notice a request that was made by the multitude, the group that was following him, uh, those who would have appeared to be, uh, by a casual observer, as a disciple of the Lord Jesus. The question that they ask after finding him in Capernaum on the other side of the sea, they ask him in verse 34, then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. I want to speak to you on that theme this morning, 
give us bread. Give us bread. Now, we need to understand the context of John 6 and verses 24 through 40, because earlier in this chapter, Jesus fed the 5,000. There were 5,000 men who were present. That did not count the women and children. So, so we could almost imagine there were at least 20,000 people present. And the Lord Jesus desired to feed them. <clears throat> His disciples said, we don't have enough in the budget to do it. And there aren't many restaurants available. We can't find any caterers who will come this late in the evening. And so uh, we suggest that you send the multitude away. And the Lord said, uh, no, we, we're not going to do that. We're going to feed them. And there was a little boy who had five loaves and two fishes, just a small lunch, probably not even sufficient for his own hunger. But that's what they had. But that's all they needed. What we have is plenty for God. And so they brought the little boy's lunch to the Lord Jesus. He, he blessed it and he began to break it. He had told the disciples, have them sit down in companies of 50 and 100. And so the multitude is sitting all around and Jesus is in the center, blessing and breaking. And the disciples are coming back and forth and they're getting bread. They're getting baskets full of bread and they take the bread and then they come back and, and Jesus is continuing to bless and break. It's an amazing thing that's happening. It's a miracle. And this multitude is fed and they were filled and there are 12 baskets left over just for the disciples to take home that day. Just as a reminder that God is sufficient. Well, the people, they enjoyed the, the lunch. And they, they, they were willing to follow a Messiah who was willing to feed them. And so they, they were not wanting him to get away. So they, they followed him. They, well, they were trying to figure out how did he get to the other side of the lake? We'll talk about that in just a minute and get to Capernaum. But eventually they themselves got to Capernaum. And when they found him, this is what they wanted. They said, here we are. We're ready. Are the guys in the kitchen? Where's the baskets? Where's the bread? Where are the fish? Evermore, give us this bread. The problem is they were asking for the wrong bread. They're asking for the wrong bread. They wanted bread, but they wanted the wrong bread. They were looking for Jesus <clears throat> without acknowledging who he really was. They wanted a Messiah, but they didn't want the Messiah. They wanted a God who would come whenever they rang the bell. Well, that's not the kind of God he is. And so we come to this passage and we note some things as we consider this request, give us bread. I want you to notice, first of all, the bread they wanted. The bread they wanted. As I said a moment ago, the problem is they're asking for the wrong bread. In verse 24, as we read in our text, when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? I mean, this is a good thing. Jesus has come. He's coming to set up his kingdom. 
and the people now are seeking him. They're, they're coming after him. This, this is all going really well. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. In other words, you're not seeking me for who I am. You're seeking me for what I can do for you. Now, I can imagine the disciples at that point might have got a little bit nervous and said, wait a minute, this is going really well. We don't need to say anything offensive. But Jesus has just revealed to them their motive in seeking him. A reproof has been given. Now, we note some things about this group. They were wrong, as I said a moment ago. They were wrong in what they were seeking. They were wrong in what they were seeking. Jesus said, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles. Now, let's remember what the miracles are recorded for in the gospel according to John. John said, these things are written. I've recorded these miracles so that you can know and so that you can believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, these miracles serve as a signpost along the journeys of life to point us to Jesus, to show us who he is, that he's not just a man, but that he is the Son of God. And that once we are confronted with that truth, that we would believe on him. He said, you seek me not because you saw the miracles. It's not because you saw the miracles and were amazed and said, he is the son of God. That's not why you're coming after me. You're coming after me because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. You're ready for the next meal. You see, they wanted bread to feed their flesh, to satisfy their cravings. There were things that they wanted, by the way. There are things that we all want, right? A fish sandwich? Maybe not. A hamburger? Okay, we're talking, right? <laughs> Things that we want. A nice house. A nice car. An income. Clothes. Peace at home. Success. Accomplishment. Our kids to be happy. And if we're not careful, that will be the thing that we're looking for. You say, what's wrong with those things? Well, nothing's wrong with those things unless those things become the goal. And we miss who Jesus is. And we don't seek the Lord for who he is, but we seek the Lord for what he can do for us. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 15, he said unto them, take heed. And beware of covetousness. That's warning more and more. You see, the problem with fish sandwiches is that the more of them we eat, the more of them we want. Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. What did they want? They wanted things. And they missed Jesus. They were wrong in what they were seeing. Look, if you would, please, in verse 14. John chapter 6 and verse 14. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle, they saw the miracle, right? 
They saw the miracle that Jesus did. He took the loaves and fishes and he made them 5,000. Look in verse 22. The day following when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save the one wherein to his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. They saw something had happened. They said, where is Jesus? Oh, he's not here. We heard he's in Capernaum. Well, how did he get to Capernaum? Because after the meal, we saw the disciples get in the boat. And they went to the other side. By the way, did you hear about the storm last night? Oh, it was treacherous, wasn't it? I wonder how those guys got through it. Well, we got a story about that too. Well, the disciples went one way and Jesus went to the mountain. We saw him going up there. How in the world? I mean, there, there's no other boat that could have taken him across. There are no other boats over here on the other side. How in the world did he get there? Well, they knew how he got there. There was only one way that he could have got there. He walked across the water. You see, they were seeing the miracles, but they weren't seeing him. They didn't see the master. Jesus said in John 6 and verse 36, but I said unto you that ye also have seen me. You have seen me. You have seen me for who I am. A miracle working God. None other could do this but God himself. And believe not. Well, they wanted to see some more. You know, they said, show us a sign and we'll believe. It's, you know, do one more thing for us. I, I told you he might do one. I saw the last one. Oh, yeah, but I got to see it with my own eyes to believe it. But Jesus is not putting on a show for them. And by the way, he's not here to put on a show for us. Well, if I can see it, I believe it. Well, the answer to that question or the answer to that statement is that's not true. Because no amount of evidence was enough to convince them. What more evidence could you want? We got five loaves and a few fishes. All right, sit 20,000 down, we'll feed them. And they all walk away going, I can't eat another bite. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's really God. Well, they walked on the water. He said, peace be still, and the storm ended. He healed Peter's wife, or wife's mother, excuse me, his mother-in-law. He cast out demons. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. Well, there's the woman with the issue of blood. You remember her story. But we need to see some more evidence. You see, they were wrong in what they were seeking. They were wrong in what they were seeing. And they were wrong in what they were saying. Notice again, verse 14. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus said, or did rather, said, this is of a truth that, what's the next word? Prophet. Was Jesus a prophet? Well, sure, he's a prophet. But is he just a prophet? No, he's greater than a prophet. Look in verse 25. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi. What's that? That's a teacher. Is Jesus a teacher? Oh, he's a wonderful teacher. But is he just a teacher? Absolutely not. You see, 
they were wrong in what they were saying. They were saying he was a prophet. They were saying he was a teacher, but they refused to say he was Lord. They refused because they're seeking the wrong bread. Remember when Jesus asked his disciples, he said, whom do men say that I am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah. You're either John the Baptist, Elijah, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto him, but whom say ye that I am? Well, that's really... The question we all have to answer this morning is, who is he? The question was answered. Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Have you said that? You may be here this morning and you've been seeking things to satisfy the wants of your life. But they're not the things that God has provided. Today, you need to receive him as Savior. Today, you need to come to him and receive the true bread. And how do you receive it? By simply acknowledging with Peter that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, there was the bread they wanted, but then secondly, there was the bread that they neglected. The bread that they neglected. Look, if you would, please, in verse 27. The Lord Jesus says, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. There's only one that has this ability, only one who has this power, that is the Lord Jesus. And Jesus said, you are seeking me, and he used the term labor. He said, you're, you're pursuing me for the wrong reason, because you're pursuing the wrong things. You're pursuing the wrong things. You're pursuing the bread that will perish. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 16, for all that is in the world, this is everything that the world has to offer us. This is the bread that the world can provide. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are three appetites that we all have. The lust of the flesh, what we crave, what we want. The lust of the eyes, what we see and wish we had. And the pride of life, what we want to accomplish and how we want to be acknowledged and how we want to be treated. And the Lord says, there's the world's bread, and it's designed to meet these cravings. It, it's marketed that way, you know, new and improved. It will help you satisfy the lust of your flesh. New and improved to fulfill the uh, lust of your eyes. And new and improved to, to make you feel better about who you are and help other people to acknowledge you and how wonderful you are and treat you well. But there's one problem with this bread. It gets moldy really quick. And if you eat it, it won't satisfy you. You'll have to have more and more. You see, they were pursuing, they were laboring for the wrong bread. Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes, and I'll invite you to turn to chapter 1, but I'll read a verse while you're turning there, Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Solomon said, All the labor of man is for his mouth. We work to eat, 
We work to enjoy. We work to consume. We are called consumers. We like to consume. All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. He's never satisfied. The eyes of man, the Bible says, are never satisfied. Now we're coming to Ecclesiastes, <clears throat> excuse me, we're coming to Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 1. And Solomon, who was the wisest of men outside of the Lord Jesus, as far as human wisdom goes, and who was the wealthiest of men, writes a book called the book of Ecclesiastes. He writes it as an old man who's experienced many great things in life, but he's jaded, he's disappointed. And he's writing to young men to warn them not to follow the path he followed. And so he begins in Ecclesiastes 1, in verse 1, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labor? Now remember what Jesus said, labor not for the meat which perisheth. What profit hath a man for all his labor which he taketh under the sun? Then look, if you would please, in verse 8, all things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. And then we see in verse 13, And I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This is, or this sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. I have seen, verse 14, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun. What is Solomon doing? He's talking about a lifetime pursuit. Seeking bread. Bread to satisfy him. Bread to sustain him. You see, Solomon began at the right table, but he neglected that bread. And he went after the bread of the world, trying to satisfy the void and the hunger of his empty soul. And he found, when he had tasted all of the bread that the world had to offer, he found out that it couldn't satisfy. But in chapter 2, he said in verse 1, I said in my heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. We live in a world that loves pleasure. We live for pleasure. But he said, behold, this also is vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth, what doeth it? I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of the earth. He tells us in verse 4 that he made great works and that he accumulated great wealth. Verse 11, he said, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, all the labor, all the things that I pursued to find meaning and fulfillment. And on the labor I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. All it did was bring me heartache. All it did was leave me empty. All it did was leave me wanting more. And I look back on my life, Solomon says, and all the things that I thought I had to have, once I had them, they didn't make me happy. And I wrecked and ruined relationships, and I drifted apart from my God. 
and I threw my life away. And Jesus says to us, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but labor for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Look at verse 35 of John 6. You see, the Lord, He warned them about the perishing bread, and He offered them the enduring bread. John 6 and verse 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Everything you think you need, I'm the answer. The things that you're frustrated about, the things that you're upset that you don't have, the thing that you think if you had it would make you happy, won't. And the thing that you're neglecting is me. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. This is the bread that Jesus offers us. It's good bread. It doesn't mold or mildew. It doesn't get stale. It's fresh. It's spiritual bread. Jesus said in John 6, 6, 6 excuse me, John 6, 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth. It's spiritual bread. It satisfies the longings of an empty soul. He says the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you. Hey, not only is it spiritual bread, but it's spoken bread. It is the word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We get hungry in this life, don't we? Hungry for fulfillment. Hungry for peace. Hungry for contentment. Hungry for joy. Hungry for meaning. Get hungry. What's replaced those things in our lives? Fear, anxiety, stress, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. Why does that exist within us? Because we have not taken in the spoken bread. The devil says, come sit at my table, dine here. The world says, come sit at this table, dine here. But we neglect this one. This is the one we need. The spiritual bread is spoken bread. It's saving bread. It gives life to all who are dead. He says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. He says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. That word quickeneth means to give life. It's saving bread. It's sustaining bread. Jesus said, if you eat this bread, you'll never be hungry again. It's the only bread that truly satisfied. He said to the woman at the well, drink of this water and you won't come back to this well. Drink of this water and it sustain you. It's strengthening bread to renew the weary and the worn. We get weary and worn, don't we? I mean, really, life is a struggle. Temptations on every hand, difficulties on every hand. 
just keeping a marriage together and a family together and keeping our kids on course seems like an unattainable task. We need the strength of God, and we find it in Christ. Oh, it's sweet bread for the sour sorrows of our lives. As I said a moment ago, Job said, man that's born of woman is few days and full of trouble, and there are a lot of sorrows that we deal with, disappointments, heartaches, and griefs. Thank God we have that sweet bread. It's savory bread for the tepid, tasteless, and tedious days, the mundane, the difficult. Thanks be unto God for that bread. It's enduring bread. So we have to make a choice today. For which bread do we labor? Which bread do we pursue? And may God help us to choose wisely. So we see the bread they wanted. Then we see the bread they neglected. But then sadly, we see the bread they rejected. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And they said, wait a minute, I mean, what do we... How are we supposed to believe that you're the bread of life? You're the son of Mary and Joseph. You see, they denied him for who he was. The son of Mary and Joseph could not speak to a demon and cast it away. The son of Mary and Joseph could not say, Lazarus, come forth. The son of Mary and Joseph couldn't speak to the winds and waves and still them. The son of Mary and Joseph couldn't transform the water into the wine at the wedding of Canaan in Galilee. The son of Mary and Joseph could not die for your sin and mine. Only the son of God could do that. And yes, Mary was his mother. And yes, Joseph raised him or helped raise him as a father, but his father was God the Father. He's the son of God. And they knew it. It was revealed to them, and yet they rejected it. Look in verse 60 of this sixth chapter. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, when they had heard what? That he was the bread of life. When they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? By the way, can I say this to you? The Bible is full of many hard sayings. Now, let's think about Jesus' handlers. He didn't have any, but let's imagine he did. His advisors, they're standing there and they're going, oh, this is great. Look at this crowd. These people are really starting to buy in. I can see the kingdom coming to fruition. Wonderful. What do they want? Bread. Oh, that's no problem. He can give them bread. He won't give them bread. He's telling them that he is the bread. Oh, they're not going to like this. This is a hard saying. You see, we live in an age where many who, who are in a, in a church setting or in a pastoral setting or position would say, we don't need to have any more hard sayings. We just need to have the smooth sayings. There's something about that in the Old Testament. If you remember, the prophet said, the people love the smooth sayings. But we need the hard sayings. Well, they got offended at the hard sayings. It may be true. But Jesus is not 
offending them intentionally. They are offended because of their unbelief, because of their willful, stubborn sinfulness, because of their refusal to acknowledge him for who he is, and because of their appetite for the wrong bread. They said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Verse 61, when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, doth this offend you? What and if ye see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not. And who should betray him? And he said, therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, here's a sad statement. From that time, many of his disciples went back. They turned back and walked no more with him. The bread they rejected. They like the loaves and the fishes. But they're not willing to say, Lord, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to serve you in my life. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to invest my life in the work of God. They didn't like that part. And so they went back and walked no more with him. The bread they rejected. By the way, though many rejected him, some received him. Look in verse 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve. I don't know if they were the only ones left. Will ye also go away? Perhaps, perhaps the thought of it was in some of their minds. Maybe they wondered, did we make a mistake? when we forsook all and followed him? And they see this crowd. I mean, they're excited this crowd is here, but now they're gone. You had to know that there was some thought in their mind, some disappointment, some, some grief, and maybe some doubt. Did we do the right thing? Following God, trusting God. Verse 68, then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? One of the great statements in the Bible. There's nowhere else to go. Have you learned that yet? You may be here this morning and you know the Lord, you're saved, but you have yet to learn that. There's nowhere else to go. You're not going to find fulfillment. You're not going to find joy. You're not going to find contentment in the bread of this world. And like Solomon, you've been laboring for it, just trying to get a piece of it. But it doesn't satisfy. And perhaps you're concluding today what Peter concluded. 
Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou and thou alone hast the words of eternal life. And I love verse 69. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe Peter was dealing with the own doubt that might have been arising in his heart. And in that moment when he felt that disappointment, he is, he's falling back on what he knows to be true. That the one who had stilled the winds and waves, the one who had walked upon the water, the one who had lifted Peter up while he was sinking down is still the same one who alone has the words of eternal life. And he knew that he was the Christ, the son of the living God. And friend, I want to tell you that this morning, if you know that he's the Christ, the son of the living God, you have the bridge you need that to push away from the world's table and the meat that perishes and dine at the table that the master has provided. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you and thank you once again for listening.